there, Alana Terry here. Welcome to the Successful Writer Podcast. Today's episode is a teaser about my course about financial strategies for thriving authors, where we dive into some of the mindset work as well as some of the straight up business and financial strategies that can help you increase your bottom line. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. And if you want to sign up for the full course and dive deep into your own money stories and some of the self-sabotages and blocks that might be holding you back in your career, you can sign up for the full course at courses.alanaterry.com money. Have a great day and enjoy today's episode. Hi there. So we have covered a lot of the most common money blocks or myths about money that impact us as creative entrepreneurs, but I want to just lay out the most common so that you can see if any of these resonate with you so that you can identify if any of these are money blocks or money beliefs that might be holding you back in your business. So you might have a fear that money is going to change you, that money is going to make you a bad person or a greedy person. And again, I want to remind you that who you are today is the same person that you will be if you are 10 times wealthier. And so when you feel unsafe about increasing your income, when it makes you feel like it's going to make you more stressed out or more greedy or more selfish, just remind yourself that who you are today is who you will be then. Money's not going to change that. What money will do is it will allow you to have an even bigger impact, right? So let's say that you write books about environmentalism and you're passionate about it and you truly believe that your books can change the world, literally, and improve this planet that we live on. And you also believe that if you were to make a lot of money sharing your message that people might think you were a hypocrite or they might think that you were a phony or a fake, right? What you need to do is to remind yourself, what could you do with the passion that you have if you had 10 times the money you do? You could spend money on ads for your book to get the message out. You could support more charities. You could go on service trips, right? And so just remind yourself, money is not going to change who you are at your core having money does not make you selfish or greedy. Another very common myth about money is that you can be rich or you can be creative, but you can't be both, right? There's the idea of the struggling artist and there's also the idea of the creative sellout, right? The person who really wants to write a literary novel, but instead he's writing pulp fiction because it's going to get turned into a movie, right? There is no reason why we need to make that distinction in our head, but a lot of us do. So if that's something you struggle with, find yourself some authors that you love that you consider to be successful, both commercially and artistically. Whatever field you're in, whatever subject you're teaching, find examples that you can hold on to of people who are rich, and creatively and artistically successful. Another thing when we talk about money blocks and the ways that we self-sabotage ourselves, we need to appreciate that our money blocks served a purpose at one point. They are not there to destroy us. They're not there to make us poor. Our money blocks are there because at some point we felt like we needed it. One of the real common money blocks is the more money I earn, the harder I'm going to have to work, right? And if you're somebody who values 
time with your family or time alone or time to sleep or you value your health or you're like me and you don't want to live in a world of constant busyness and stress and adrenaline and you want your schedule to look kind of wide open and spacious. If you want the freedom to design your day and to not be uh, a slave to your schedule and you also believe that in order to earn more money, you must work harder and that there is a direct correlation. So if you want to double your income, you've got to double the hours you work. If you want to triple your income, you believe you have to triple how many hours you work. Your body and brain and subconscious are going to protect you by saying, no, 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 don't get rich because rich people don't have any free time. Again, this is a story we tell ourselves, but it doesn't make sense. Right. I talked to a lot of authors who would love to hire help. They want to hire an assistant to handle some of the uploads or the social media or the copywriting or the marketing or whatever, but they don't feel like they can justify it. So they do it all themselves because they can't justify the expense. But what we forget to note is that the more money we make the more that we can outsource things and sometimes it's not even so much about well if i hire this person at ten dollars an hour and they work for me for 10 hours this week then i need to earn over a hundred dollars more than i would have if i hadn't hired them or else i've lost money we we think that there should be an immediate exchange which is kind of a silly saying well i spent three hundred dollars on this book cover so the day my book sells i need to make three hundred dollars back or i've lost money well no because that book's going to keep on selling right there's no shelf life um and so what we need to remember some more money you have the more things you can outsource and you literally can buy yourself some time you can buy yourself time away from a nine to five job by earning enough money in your business that you don't have to do the nine to five you can earn yourself help around the house by hiring someone to come and do the cleaning or things like that so even if it's not so much of okay maybe you want to hire a housekeeper and you're going to spend eighty dollars a week it doesn't necessarily mean that while the house cleaner is in your house, you must do something that earns you more than $80 or you will have wasted your money because sometimes it's about the mental space and the time and energy that it frees up. And those are things that really don't have a price tag to them. So if you are someone who struggles with this myth that the more money you make, the busier you're going to be, and that becomes kind of an upper limit because you don't want to be busier and more stressed out, remind yourself, okay, if I had more money, I could hire more help. I could be less stressed. I could do more things. I could have a better dishwasher so that I don't have to run my dishes through two or three times, things like that. All right, this next block we're gonna talk about will probably very much resonate with you if you came from kind of a working class home and you saw your parents work tooth and nail just to get by. And that is the conception that it cannot be easy. Money equals hard work, right? Just like some of these other things that we've made associations with before. Money equals being greedy, or money equals being a creative sellout, or money equals being busier and more stressed. None of these correlations that we think exist actually exist. They did at one point, right? Maybe in your grandpa's generation, to put food on the table, he had to work those you know, 15 hour days in the farm or something like that. 
now we have so many more opportunities and so many other types of work like the work that we do that it does not have to be tied to the number of hours we work or to how hard we work. I had several years in my business where I really, really, really hustled. I'm proud of it. I'm glad I did it, but it is not a pace that I chose to keep up. I was doing about a novel a month, sometimes more. So like I had a couple years where I was publishing 12 to 15 books every year. And like I said, I was proud of the pace at the time. I'm glad I did it and it helped me get to where I am today. But that pace no longer serves me and is no longer sustainable. And so if you have a fear that you can write a book, you can create a product, you can start selling it and years from now, even if you haven't worked on that book or that course or whatever it is you're selling, you might still be selling it to people. For some people that's going to trigger little warning bells in their brain because your brain was designed to believe that in order to make a lot of money, you had to work really, really, really hard. And you were probably taught to respect a hard day's work. There, there is a ton to respect about working that hard, but it might make it so that you feel guilty. If work feels easy and you make a lot of money, there might be such a disconnect in your brain that you either try to make it hard or you try to earn less money. If you've never thought through these things before, it's going to sound a little silly and maybe even stupid, like everybody wants money. So why would I push money away? Right. But we do this on a subconscious level because you might believe that in order to earn money, you've got to work so hard. And if earning money was easy for you, that you're almost hurting somebody else. So like, let's say that you are married to somebody who really dislikes their job, but they feel totally trapped in it and they they grit their teeth and go to work and they hate it, but it pays the bills and they persist and they do it. Like I said, there's a ton to respect about that. We're not here to pass judgment on anybody else's vocational decisions. There's a lot to respect about that. But here's the other side of it. Maybe you're afraid because you love what you do. You love writing what you write. You love creating what you create. And the idea that you could do something that you love and make money and have it feel enjoyable and easy, that makes you feel guilty. It might even make you feel like you are somehow wronging your spouse or wronging your parents. Your parents worked really, really, really hard and barely got by. So who are you to think that you can work five hours a week on something that you love to do and have people pay you for it, right? That is another hangup that can really trip us up. And again, one of the best things, first, you got to acknowledge that that's one of your money blocks. Second, I think we really should appreciate these blocks. So basically, whatever blocks you're identifying, acknowledge it, go ahead and appreciate it. It served you or it served someone in your family in some capacity at some point, right? God bless your hardworking grandpa who put in his 15 hours a day in the field, right? We want to appreciate where these stories got their origin and then we get to release them. We get to either pitch that belief or pivot and, and adopt a new belief. So maybe your belief used to be earning money is really hard. And if you enjoy it or it feels easy, you're cheating. Now maybe you can shift it and think about how enjoyable it is to do the work you love and to do the work of your soul and to get paid for it. And if you're still worried about how other people will feel 
about you doing that, you have a couple choices. First of all, you can just ignore that, right? So maybe your best friend's going to be jealous because you love your work and it feels easy. And they're having a really hard time making ends meet at a job that they really despise. You can choose to ignore that. Another option, especially if you find that you're a very empathetic person, you, you truly might be holding yourself back to keep the people around you comfortable. This is actually another money block that we might talk about in a little bit. And that is a block of if I become significantly richer, more successful than the people I love the most, my relationships with them will change and I will not be able to keep these relationships and the relationships mean more to you than the money. And so you're going to keep yourself at a lower level. Now, the first thing to do, some people are going to be able to say, well, I don't really care what so-and-so thinks. So, you know, I'm not going to worry about it. Others of us, though, it's, it's not that simple. And so what I would encourage you to do, if you're feeling guilty because you want to make money doing work you love and you love people who hate the work they do, and it feels to you like it's cheating or it's too easy or it's almost unfair to them. Here's what I would say. When your friend or your parents or your spouse or whoever it is that you're worried about, when they see you doing work that you love, you are paving the way for them to realize that the money block they're holding on to is just a misconception, right? If you don't know, if every single person you know who has money hates their job, it's not going to enter your head necessarily that you could do something you love and make tons of money from it, right? You can be the trailblazer in your peer group or in your family. You can be the one to show people, I can do the work I love and I can get paid for it. And I encourage you to surround yourself with people who will help you tell that story to yourself. Surround yourself with people who love their work and are making a good living from it. And that will normalize that kind of behavior. All right, and then here's one more common money block. And I, I added it on here. I wouldn't say that it is necessarily a common money block population-wide, but for creative entrepreneurs who are doing the passion of our soul, this can become a big stumbling block for some of us. So if you are very socially conscientious, you might have some story in your head that goes like this doesn't have to be logical. I'm not saying it is logical, but this might be the story that's in your head. There are many people living on earth today who are living in poverty, and that is terrible. Therefore, I shouldn't earn money because there are people on this planet in poverty, and perhaps even my earning money will make them live in even worse poverty. Okay, so let's dissect that one just a little bit. First of all, if this is a concern that you have, congratulations, you are an empathetic, loving and compassionate person. Okay, so don't don't feel guilty about any of the blocks that you have, right? We're just, we're acknowledging them and we're appreciating that they're there. So this is your moment to appreciate that you are socially conscientious and that you care about these things. Here's the big fallacy of that though. Your being rich does not harm somebody who is already in poverty. And in fact, if you have a heart and a burden to help lift people out of poverty, in just about every case, I'm, I'm, there are exceptions, but in general, you're going to have a way easier time making an impact if you have wealth. Okay. So the idea comes from a good spot. It comes from this sense where we feel like we should all have at least the 
a set standard of living that nobody has to strive to attain. And we almost feel like, okay, well, until we get to that point, we can't move forward. As an example, I was on our school newspaper. When the um, space shuttle um, Columbia exploded, I was working on our school newspaper and we posted an editorial that it just expressed our sympathy for the people who lost their lives and acknowledged them as American heroes and so on. At the time, I don't anymore, but at the time I had a hard time putting my name to that. And my thought was, why would we send people to space when there are hungry people on earth today? Okay. Now, and I'm sure some people still kind of have a lot of thoughts like that. Right. And the, the only fallacy there is that we feel like you can't have it both. So why can't we send people to space and work on getting people off the streets or making sure that every child gets three nutritious meals a day, right? It's again, embracing the concept of and, as opposed to it's either or, right? We can be generous and rich. We can put money into this kind of research and that kind of, of research or however you wanna look at it. So what I'm saying is, your being rich is not going to hurt somebody who is already in poverty and your position as a wealthy person can actually do more good, right? Picture yourself with 10 times the income you have currently picture the social causes that you could invest in, right? I heard a story about an author who found a ton of success commercial and artistic. And at the end of every school year, she calls her local elementary school. She says, I'm going to pay for anybody who still has a lunch tab. And she writes the school a check. Um, people, I, I heard of someone else doing this. There were school districts who won't let seniors walk in commencement if they have outstanding library dues at the school. Make up a call pay all of those dues, boom, one check, and it's done. So think about all of the amazing things that you could do for your community and for the world if you had 10 times the money that you have now. And then remind yourself that your earning money is going to help more people and that nobody's gonna be helped if you stay poor, right? That's the other thing about it. You're not helping anybody by staying in that place. Think about your business. Let's say you had an extra $200,000 for your business that can only be spent on hiring, right? You could hire your dream team and you could be supporting a lot of people that way, right? So when you create wealth, you are helping others. You're helping the people that you're hiring. You're helping your own community, right? Like when my husband and I go out to eat, we don't think to ourselves, oh no, we're wasting money. We're so selfish. We think, what a blessing that we can support the small restaurants in our small town by eating out here and enjoying time together, right? So remind yourself of that if this becomes one of your stumbling blocks. By choosing to stay poor for reasons of conscience, you are not actually helping anybody. But by doing earning more money, you can help more people. And if you have really strong convictions about this, Let's say you say, well, I can live off of $20,000 a year. And so to live above those means would be wrong. Then, well, you know what? Go ahead and live at $20,000 a year, but still strive to earn $500,000 a year. And then think of all the money that you would have to support the causes that are 
close to your heart, right? So these are some of the most common money blocks. Once you identify yours, please don't forget to appreciate that it came from somewhere. Don't beat yourself up over it. And then just decide what is the corollary belief that you now want to adopt and then find ways to remind yourself of it. Find examples of people who are using their wealth to lift people out of poverty or come up with an ideal business budget so that if you were to 10x your budget today, these were the people that you might hire so that you can help support their families and, and pull them up and give them work, right? So I hope that this was helpful in allowing you to identify some of your money blocks. Again, this certainly wasn't an exhaustive list. So just as you go through your week, as you go through your business, start thinking about some of these misconceptions that you might have bought into, and then we can consciously work on turning those around. Hey, thanks for listening to the Successful Writer Podcast. And if you want to grab the full course that's going to help you go really deep into your own money story and help you increase your bottom line by expanding your mindset and having smart financial strategies for your business, you can buy the full course at courses.alanaterry.com money.